Welcome to another episode of Punching Sideways. This week's guest is Will Benici. You might know him or you might not know him, but he has his finger in the real estate world big time. And he's also got little other fingers in little other worlds as well. And we're going to find out all about it right now. Just, just this week, um, <laughs> someone said, oh, who cares about the consequences? And I said, as Daffy Duck once famously said, consequences, schmonsequences. And they went, what are you talking about? And I said, you don't remember watching it? It was <laughs> Daffy Duck and he said, consequences, schmonsequences, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the genie came and turned him into a little duck and they've gone, nah. What so are you talking <laughs> So I Googled it and blow me down, it comes up. <laughs> so now, now my whole team, like they did say, we and we weren't, we weren't even born when this shit was on TV. But <laughs> That's it. That I do get that a little bit. I'll start referencing something, and someone will be like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, you know, remember when this was going on? This half the time it's a story someone else has told me. Yeah. So Josh could tell me like great life story of his, and I'll just hyperlink it into something else a year down the track, and he'll be like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "This is your story." Yeah. I'm just filling you in on. Yeah, you can't remember. Yeah, it why no. can't you remember your like story? Some, someone told someone told me, uh, and I said, "You guys." All Wodonga locals. Yeah. I grew yeah. up in Coryong, but I've been here since uni. So so the Terminus Hotel in Wodonga. Yeah. Right. So burnt down whenever. Don't yeah. know when. It was before my time here. <laughs> the bikies burnt it down. The bikies burnt it down. Yes. Now, as the story goes, it was actually the railway hotel that was supposed to burn down. Oh, I've heard a bit about this. So they were told to come into Wodonga and burn the first pub on the left. They <laughs> came into Wodonga via Melbourne Road. <laughs> First pub on the left is the Terminus Hotel. <laughs> they didn't come the Albury-Wodonga exit and oh, turn right, right into Wodonga. Oh, wow. And That's I said, amazing. I don't care if it's not a true story. It's a cracker. <laughs> that I is love good. it. I'm going to run with that it's one It's not too. the sort of thing you complain about when you ring them. Uh, I think you got the wrong, wrong one. Pub, yeah, yeah. So just pay them. Yeah, just pay <laughs> just, just pay them, be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine. Oh, I wonder what they did, though. Something Mol- Molotov cocktails. Oh, no, I mean to get oh, the to consequence get, of get, getting your hotel I'm, burnt down. I reckon if all if the people that owned the railway hotel owned anyone, any money, they would have paid it after that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. You reckon? You know, the only note that they would have got is your next. Your next. <laughs> yeah. Your next. Well, you are next, Will Benici. You're here on our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Now, if anyone does not know of you, shame on them, because I feel like you're the sort of person that has a little bit of a finger in all the pies around Aubrey Wodonga, predominantly real estate. You you seem to be active on social media with that. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into real estate, first of all? Yeah, look, um, I suppose my love of real estate came from early on the piece when I bought, I bought my first investment property and I was only 20 years old in Melbourne. That's what I've where I grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne, so I did very well to keep out of underbelly one and two. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I've always loved real estate and been passionate about it. But getting up here in, into Albury-Wodonga back in 2000, and I was working for Telstra. Mm-hmm. So Telstra Countrywide had opened up their head office here in Albury, which wasn't anywhere near the coast, which is where we wanted to go. Yeah. But, 
Uh, but here we are, 21 years later, and uh, and loving it. And and then I, I decided that I wanted a career change in 2005, and I thought, well, I love real estate, so that's what I want to do. So studied, started working for a local company. Years went by. I've done a few things since then as well, so I had a bit of a sabbatical out of real estate because it can uh, it can certainly become all-consuming. Mm-hmm. But I think that's held me in good stead for running my own company now and being able to leverage off those experiences with my own staff. Okay, so I'm not sure if you've heard the show before, Will, but we tend to go on tangents when we dig into things. So when you say it can be all-consuming, what what are we talking about here for the person who might hear that and think, well, a lot of jobs are all-consuming? Yeah, look, uh, it's all-consuming in that you can't – if you can't regulate your time, you'll find that you get spent very quickly. You're talking about someone's biggest asset – or, or, or in fact, even if they're renting, so you know, it's not just sales; it's 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 property management as well. So, if you get tenants, and it's really important to remember that you know, while it's not their house, it's their home, and and those sort of things. So, that emotional bank account is uh, is withdrawn upon often, and rarely uh, do you get the opportunity for someone to put a deposit in. I'm going to challenge that a little bit because I don't believe that all real estate agents that I've come across hold the same standard and empathy level that you do. And I do remember you almost, it probably was back in 2005, 2006, when you did dip your toe into real estate and you were helping my parents out to try and find a house all around the Aubrey-Wodonga sort of area. And I just remember how much duty of care and how much they liked you. They'd been effed around a lot. They didn't actually end up buying off him. I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. But... That's not what it's all about. It, it, that, that was the bar that you set and it has continued to be the bar that I look to when I'm looking around real estate agents and stuff like that in years to come because you created such a relationship and even if things weren't going the right way for them, you'd still communicate that. Whereas I think some people just don't go that little bit of extra mile and think that, you know, bad news is bad news, let's just keep it all under wraps and all that. So people want to know what's going on yeah. and there's money involved and it's their life oh. involved. Absolutely. And look, I mean, it's, it's interesting because when we met on the causeway that time when you were uh, dressed <laughs> as a Mexican during the <laughs> lockdown <laughs> and you said, you gave me your surname and you said, you helped my parents. Yeah. And I went, yeah, Stephen Kate. I, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I remember. And yeah. even though that was years you know, ago, years ago yeah. in 2005. So- Yes, like for for mine, and this is certainly the ethos that we that I've, I've I have in my business as well. It's clients for life. Mm-hmm. So you know, once you you deal with, I believe it. Once you deal with a real estate agent, it should be like. Uh, and even just yesterday, I had a client who's negotiating something in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd sold property for him. I sold property to him uh, here on the border, but he's moved to Melbourne, and and he's called me and said, "I need your advice," and that yeah. was great. It was like you know, I, mean, I hadn't spoken to this guy for. Yeah, you know, twenty four months. Yeah. Um, so to to be able to to reach out was really good. So yeah, we do say it's clients for life, and and that's what we aim to be someone's real estate agent. It's a long form game. I it's think. a very long game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very long game. Look, I've got a lot of sayings. Ask any of my staff; they'll roll their eyeballs so far back in their head. <laughs> yeah, I, I call it the law of the harvest. So yeah. you, you know, you you do reap what you sow. You need to make sure that the ground is fertile. You need to make sure that you tender. The, you know, the plants if you want to reap the rewards. That sounds like a much more 
amazing version of my <laughs> saying. Mel has her own saying that's similar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I run around just planting seeds, just flicking them around, and then when I turn around one day I might want a poppy and I might pick that poppy. But it's not about what I want at the time. It's just knowing that just by going around and being a good person and doing all the right things, then it will circle back eventually. And it does. Yours yours sounds much more profound. I might need to have Probably to. a little better for the morning meeting to <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll try that next yeah. on Tuesday. He's talking uh, about seeds. What's going on? Yeah, just plant some seeds, guys. Just plant some seeds. <laughs> well, I, don't, I often don't know what I'm planting either. It's just planting, just throwing stuff out randomly. Like I think it's just goodwill, really. As long as, as long as you're not sitting there going, are these tomatoes? Are these, re- are these really tomatoes? <laughs> If you like us, like I like us, get onto punchingsideways.com, give us a bit of a likesy, have a bit of an exploration around and maybe buy us a coffee. Will, you mentioned that walk across the causeway when we were in lockdown. You were also a strong advocate about how ridiculous the whole system was. Do you want to share a little bit, like without getting pent up in negativity, but I know that you were passionately speaking on behalf of everyone and saying this is absolute BS. How was that response to that and how did it affect you in real estate or and all your clients? Yeah, look, it, it was really frustrating and I think it was more frustrating for the community as, as, as a whole. I mean, it didn't matter what industry you were in and look, I, as I said earlier, I've been, I've been living here on the border and I, you know, I proudly call uh, Albury-Wodonga home since 2000 and 2020 was the first time I'd I actually realised there was a border and that's how yeah. I that's how I put it, you know, because we, we, we go across, you know, you don't know that where can is Canco, but in Victoria is it in New South Wales, you know what yeah. I mean? You, you, you don't know, you just go there. Yeah. No, you would know because you yes. grew up in Coryong. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So it was really frustrating and it was the fact that there was a lack of logic mm-hmm. and a lack of explanation from our political, and I say leaders very loosely, because they were politicians, they weren't leading in yep. a time where our community needed leadership. Mm-hmm. That's not a you know a go at our local members. I think they were, you know, probably you know bound and and gagged. Yeah. But um, so it was really it was really frustrating. I think it just um, like I know when you live on an either side of the border inverted commas, you know, even licenses like your driver's license in New South Wales is different things that you have to adhere to in Victoria. And there are the little things like that as you're growing up on the border. If you, you're living in New South Wales, you can get your peas earlier. and that's it. So there's always been little differences, but you're right. It was like just fully magnified that we're completely separate in the eyes of like Australia and the government. And it wasn't, it didn't make any sense no, at all. No, it didn't. Um, and, and neither did any of the state-based lockdowns, you know, mm. um, and when we didn't need them. You know, there wasn't any COVID cases within a bull's roar of us and yeah. yet we're still being, you know, and then when there were, yeah. it was uh, everything's going to be all right. That <laughs> yeah, did so. my head in. That last thing when we finally got COVID in Wodonga and we're like, oh, great, we're locked in now and we didn't get locked up. It was so weird. So you've done real estate. How many people have you got working uh, 17. 17 now. 17, so yeah. would you want to shout out your business? Uh, so it's First National Real Estate, yeah. So we've got an office here in Albury-Wodonga and then one in, in Beechworth as well. And so. what was that conversation like with your family when you're like, I'm going to go out on my own? It, it's, it's an interesting story actually because 
as I said, I had a bit of a sabbatical out of real estate. I was working for a local company um, in Wodonga and then stepped out, took a role in banking for a mm-hmm. while. I take my hat off to any bankers listening because that's a crap job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did it for about 10 months. Uh, I started my own real estate agency working from home. Okay. So, uh, I, you know, William Bedici Real Estate yep. and I did that from home. And then I was actually headhunted for a job working for a company who was a third-party company to Yellow Pages or Census. And I did that in conjunction with running my own real estate business and then got to a point where it just got both – I mean, both jobs were pretty taxing. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I had to make up my mind as to which way I was going to go and whether or not I was going to wrap the real estate stuff up and dedicate, you know, my life to advertising. Yeah. And it was actually a friend of mine who said, look, William, he said – Two words, you know, real estate, or oh, I know it's technically that's two words, but he said, real estate, advertising, which one are you excited about? Yeah. And I said, yeah, you've made up my mind, Brian, um, that's yeah. what I'll do. So we uh, we took a holiday, we were up at Hamilton Island, mm-hmm. and my wife Penny and I were sitting back and I had a drink of some sort, and uh, I think our whole business plan was five words, and that was, let's do it. <laughs> It's <laughs> good. It's uh, good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes that's that's a way to sort of move about. Just throw it up in the air and see what happens. Yeah. So which which was great. I mean, then we went on the you know the the old you know do you, do you go in as an independent, which we were an independent anyway. Do you take on a franchise? Um, you know, First National is not a franchise. It's a it's a buyers group, so we're independently owned, and mm-hmm. you know, and there's some fantastic people across the country working. Yeah, with First National. So uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer. And it's been a company that's been synonymous in Albury-Wodonga for a long time too. So, I mean, obviously we've owned it for eight years, but it's it's been around for a long time yeah. here in, in, uh, in Albury-Wodonga. So, yeah, it's part of the furniture. What have you seen happen over the eight years within real estate? Like the last couple of years would have changed the market considerably, but what have you seen the trends in that since you decided to go all in, yeah. Well, look, effort. Um, let's do it. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's been it's been crazy because the 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 average prices in Albury Wodonga have obviously and in the last twenty four months have seen a bigger kick than than we've ever seen, but it's always been a a steady growth. So I said we we work with a badge of honour that we're working in a in a town and you know in a, in a city uh, and I. Uh, I always uh, correct people when they say, so uh, I've been to that country town and I go, it's not a country town, it's a regional city is yeah. the difference. You know, yeah. we've got 100,000 people between Albury and Wodonga. We're yeah. bigger than Ballarat. We're bigger than Bendigo. Yeah. Um, so we're bigger than Wagga. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, but from a trend perspective, look, if you go back 24 months, you know, you'd pick up a house for $750,000. It was a big deal. It still is. You know, it was three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah. Um, in today's market, it's just seven hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. And that's the probably the best way to, to put it. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, we've sold twenty two properties. There was a the border mail actually just did a, a story on on a property that we sold in Wodonga for two million dollars. That's uh, the DoorDash a, guy. It it is. Yeah. It is the DoorDash yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, so, the secrets going on around about him, but yeah, we've got DoorDash actually here in Wodonga now. We like, do from the roots. We do. So, um, but you know, it wasn't just about that that home. It, mm-hmm. it was um, it, it was also about the fact that you know we'd sold twenty two properties above a million dollars in the last twelve months. Yeah. You know, across our region, Albury, Wodonga, Beechworth. 
So what is your advice for someone that's not in the market already? Because it seems very overwhelming. Yeah, look, the best advice I'd give to people is to to reach out to, yep. an, to an agent, an agent you can trust. Because, yeah, Mel, I, I, I get what you say and, yep. and not everyone has the same sentiments. A lot of agents treat it like a transaction. Yeah. It's the reason that uh, real estate agents don't have the best name. Yep. And reputation going around, and we we try and change that. Yeah, reach out and and find out exactly where you can be financially, mm-hmm. and do it. Make it make it your priority. Like you know, have it as a goal. Put it up on a chart. Read it every day. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because if you're gainfully employed, and you can save a deposit, uh, which you can do. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can always save a deposit. It might mean going without a few things at for mm-hmm. a certain period of time, then you'll get into the market. And anyone who got into the market 24 months ago yeah. has seen a massive increase in their net wealth without having to do anything. Yeah. And it's tax-free dollars. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's your principal place of residence, it's tax-free dollars. Yeah. So anyone who's seen an increase, and some people go, oh, look, my house only went up by 20 grand. It's 20 grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 20 grand. It means you would have had to earn 30 before tax. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you if your boss was going to give you that as a as a bonus, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you wouldn't turn your nose up to it. No, no, that's, that's very very true. <laughs> I think it's it's just the waiting game. Like, well, I suppose the same as real estate. Yeah, and your job, it's a long form game. Oh, it is. Look, and and look, I mean, I, I bought. You asked about you know my interest in real estate, and yeah. like I said I bought my first house in a western suburbs, Deer Park, weatherboard house. It was seventy one grand. Yep. And I speak to people now, and a lot of people go, "Oh, seventy-one grand, man! You should have bought three. Yeah, but my salary was fifteen and a half thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's all relative. It is all relative. Yeah, and and that's what you've got to look at. But being able to do that and then leverage and look, and I, I had the, you know, I still remember, even though I was, you know, it was thirty years ago. I, I look at that and I remember the feeling of. Uh, anxiety and mm-hmm. the feeling of uh, butterflies and the feeling that I thought I'd never be able to afford a beer again. <laughs> yeah. But I did. Yeah. You know? In fact, I ended up putting a tenant in that place and I wasn't being a capitalist. I just, my parents, uh, my job took me away. So yeah. they said, well, there's no point having an empty house. You may as well stay at home, rent that out, which I did. And two and a half years later, I bought something else. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, you got the bug. Yeah. So... Where did you meet your beautiful wife? Was that did she move down here with you? She did. Yeah. So we uh, we actually got married in Melbourne, but we met in Perth. So yeah, okay. I was, as I said earlier, I was working for Telstra, yeah. and yes, I was travelling around yeah. again, which is why I ended up leaving just my stuff in a room at my parents' house. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I was working in Perth, and I met her. And to be honest with you, we we met in January. We didn't go on our first date until mid February. Uh, we dated for a couple of weeks. I was in Darwin for about eight weeks, came back and asked her to marry me in May. Oh, wow. So it was a bit of a... a you just knew. Quick, you, I did. Yeah. I did, did just know. Yeah, so then she was originally from Maryborough in country Victoria and I asked her to come back over east because I liked Western Australia, but I wasn't going to live there. <laughs> yeah. When he's telling this guy, he's got like little twinkle crinkles in the corner of his eye, so he's obviously still very fond of Penny. Which I wouldn't hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's, she's come along for the ride. She has come along for a ride. She's, she's an integral part of our business. And to be honest with you, I couldn't I couldn't have done anything that I've done in the last 24 years without her. So. Which is a lovely thing to say. Now, 
did she back you in when you started getting all into musical theatre and all that sort of hoo-ha that you dabble in? <laughs> Interesting that. Um, I love theatre, yeah. and I do, but it takes up a lot of time. So when I did Chicago back in a few years back mm-hmm. uh, here with the Albuquerque Theatre Company, uh, it was probably more the fact that it was Chicago, and I love that storyline. And shit, who wants, who doesn't want to be Billy Flynn? <laughs> like you know, so. Um, well, but, I've never aspired to it yet, so yeah. maybe. Next but that, time that was a, that was actually an interesting story within itself. My daughter Maddie said, "I want to put my hand up, but I'm a bit nervous. Will you audition with me?" And I went, "Sure, let's do it." Uh, so we were going to audition, and she was going for a a, a part in the chorus, and. I obviously said, like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be Billy Flynn. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then two days before the audition, she said, nut that, I'm out. <laughs> and I went, well, I've got an audition, so I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in for me. Yeah. Uh, and then I got the part. So um, but we had both agreed that, you know, if she got a part and I didn't, then so be it. And if I got a part and she didn't, well, so be it. So, uh, so yeah, so then I did, did that. But, yeah, no, Penny's very supportive, mind you, it takes up a lot of time, and uh, and, and I, I think our, our relationship was very strained over that period of rehearsals. So tell me about, was that a good distraction or a, just a different distraction from the pressures of owning a business? It was a, For me, it's always a good distraction. I, I, I like being distracted. Yeah. Um, I think that I can juggle. Uh, I, again, one of the, my lines is, you know, if Cirque du Soleil comes back, they're going to get me. I'm one of the best jugglers in town, so, you know. Uh, so I, I like having things on the go all the time, you know, idle's hands are the devil's work and all that sort of stuff. So so I, I really enjoyed it, and I did. Mind you, my staff thought they were really disappointed because I'd start every sales meeting with, is everybody here, is everybody ready, <laughs> <laughs> which was my opening line of the, of the show, But uh, and I did sing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you've, you've referenced the fact that it's an important production and it's a well-known production mm. and you were going for an important part. You either had an incredible amount of confidence to back yourself in as a novice or you've got a history you haven't told us about in some kind of performance that made you think, I want that role and I think I'm in with a shot. Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting enough, I um, I actually end up winning an award for that, and I uh, and I actually <laughs> and I do say to people, look, the award was for the Albury Ronga Theatre Company because they do an amazing job, and it doesn't matter if you're a lead or a, a chorus part, you know, you don't get to stand on stage unless there's a, a bevy of people supporting you. However, I got that for acting, and I hadn't done any acting since I was like in primary school, <laughs> so it was it was really good. I actually put my hand up for that position because I thought, I, I know I can I can sing, I can hold a tune. So I thought, I can sing and so okay, I, can sorry. Do, I can do the lead. How did you know you could sing though? I know, I've, I've sung before, I've sung for a long time. So I was in a... Were you talking like singing in the shower or were you singing in front of people? He no, does carols. I've, I've, done, I've done Albury carols right, for, okay. for about 10, 10 yep. years. Yeah. And, and I sang, look, I sang in a band when I was growing up. Nice. So um, yeah, I don't mind getting in front of people. I've got more front than Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to memory bank that one. Yeah. <laughs> what was the type of band that you were in when you were younger? It was a, uh, we did covers mainly. Yeah. We had a couple of originals. They went nowhere. But, um, uh, and our covers were mainly that sort of uh, 60s, 60s, 70s, you know, a bit of Van Morrison, that sort of stuff. What's the name of the band? It was called Foreplay. 
Whoa, yes, I can see why that wasn't the first thing that Don't came. worry, <laughs> that I said. I'm pretty sure if you Google that, there's about a thousand bands called Four Pop. Yeah, exactly. uh, well, it was actually, there was four of us. So, yeah. so it was actually spelt F-O-U-R-P-L-A-Y. But, um, Love the play on words. Yeah. When we got our fifth member, we thought, well, what are we going to do here? <laughs> just call yourself fifth member. Yeah. <laughs> we played with a few things and I think we just left it at four play because it just... It yeah. started going down a, a really bad tangent, <laughs> but we had we had some good times. We had some good times. We played played in some uh, you know some some great venues um, and uh, and some very average ones. Uh, we played at the Provincial Hotel in Ballarat. If anyone's been there, it's, um, it's crazy. It was back then, and if anyone who hasn't been there, it's a bit like if you've seen um, the Blues Brothers. And uh, the, when they're at the pub with the chicken wire, <laughs> the chicken wire, yeah, that's it's that's the provincial, or that was the provincial hotel. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to sort of have. So, when you we've had Liam Dalby on before, who was in another musical production, and he was describing his first rehearsal, and he turned up as someone that's been singing his whole life, a bit of a local celebrity, for lack of a better term, former Australian Idol contestant who made the TV element of the show. What was your introduction like? To music? No, to that that first. Did they talk you up when you were coming in there for the first time? Oh, he's a guy who just decided to do it, and now he's in the production. Yeah, oh, look, the, I suppose that the the guys that on the Aubrey Theatre Company knew that I could sing, yeah. and so I suppose they were pretty pretty pleased that I could get there. But I actually looked at some of the other, uh, and even when I got the part, I remember um, uh, one of the other uh, actors there who had actually put his hand up for Billy Flynn, didn't get it. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure he looked at me during our rehearsals when I was sitting there reading my lines and he was, he'd remembered every single line <laughs> for the whole script yeah. and we're going through and it was only our fifth rehearsal I'm sitting there and he's looking at me thinking, are you ever going to get it? Are you ever <laughs> going to remember these lines? But I'm, I'm one of these people that when I have to, I will. Yeah. If I don't have to, I've got too much stuff in my head <laughs> to be yeah. sitting there wasting it. But mind you, he did uh, he did take his hat off when we went through the numbers and I sang for the first time and he goes, ah, okay, <laughs> that's why you got the position. <laughs> what was the feeling of well, that first opening night? It was absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. I mean, being on stage, for me, and for anyone who's been on stage, I mean, I know some people dread it, but... I always say if if you um, if you get up on stage, it is like a drug, and it, and you should should be able to enjoy it that way. That 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 adrenaline rush is amazing, and I don't care if I'm in front of two people or two million people. If I know what I'm talking about, yeah, or I know I've got the backing of a great band. If I'm singing, or we've done enough rehearsals that I I know this part, then I'm happy to perform. You know, I do. I still get nervous. Yeah, you still make sure that you know you get it. You're going to get it right. But again, one of my sayings is that if you can, if you can talk, you can sing. If you can walk, you can dance. Some of us just walk and talk better than others. <laughs> so it's very true. And I feel like you probably walk and talk a lot better than me. <laughs> so, how many people were involved with this? Like, what what sort of hours are we? talking about like you've got your full-time work and you've got this happening and you've got family at home did Maddie your daughter just go that seems like too much is that why she pulled out or was yeah, it, look, I, think, yeah. I think that was it I think she looked at the commitment and thought no I can't do this yeah um, whereas I go again growing up the kids when we they first saw um the uh, the Incredibles the yeah. the Pixar character and and you know the, the opening scenes where Mr. Incredible goes yeah I got time 
Yeah, I got time. Well, yeah. My son, I remember, turned around, and I can't remember how old he was, but he's, he's 20 now, but I reckon he was only five at the time. He went, geez, Dad, that's you. <laughs> and I said, I'm a superhero. He goes, no, you've always got time. <laughs> you yeah. know, you, ne- you never say never. Say never. And yeah. I, I go, yeah, that's 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 me. Like, let's just keep doing it. Yeah, I, I'll fit that in. So would you say that you're much more experience-driven than financially or anything like the yes to Ortco is not about what money you're going to get. No, absolutely. There's it, no, there's no, no money. it's, <laughs> it's right. about that time value on what the experience is that you're going to get out of it. And is that how you sort of play with your whole life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's about experience. And if you can give back to people and back to your community, I think that then the money side just takes care of itself, yeah. you know, and even in real estate, you know, don't get me wrong. It's it's a fantastic industry, which you know when you're when you're good at what you do can be very financially rewarding, but if that's your driver, then you're in the wrong industry. Yeah, because the money should just take care of itself. So there are a lot of lot of agents out there that'll treat it like a transaction, mm-hmm. and and they're just there for the money. So it's quick, it's this, it's that. Whereas, like you know, and I try and instill that in in my team, um, and most you know, all especially my sales team, and and most of those guys are. You know, we've we've developed them, we've mm-hmm. grown them. We haven't just poached them from somewhere else. Yeah. So we all think along the same way. Is that because for you as the owner and the boss that you know that money and the financial rewards won't get these people through their toughest moments at work? Yeah, that that is you're, you're spot on. I mean, like you know, look when I you know when I left Yellow Pages and you know in my final year I, I earned more money working for them than. I'd ever worked in, you know, in my whole entire life. Yeah. So it wasn't for me. That's not the driver, and and that's what I instill in my staff. And I think that I think we do that really well because it's about the it's about the experience. And if the experience is right, then everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. You do a little bit of work with Caravan. What other community driven things do you try and and do you encourage your staff to get out and do as much as you, or you just hope that that will sort of Follow, yeah. Look, uh, we we're, we're blessed in that our our team are very very community minded anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, for us, it's one in all in. No, we don't expect them to do anything outside and beyond, but they do. Yeah. So your yeah, caravan is uh, caravan's a really um, I think is is a credit to our our region because it started here and you know it's it's tentacles are spreading to other regional cities as well and. They do an amazing job with those less fortunate, and we need to be able to support those groups a lot. And we've got some challenges in our industry with lower socioeconomic groups and and how they can get into housing. and And that's what I mean. That's effectively what we're at. You know, we're we're, we're matchmakers. Yeah. Um, we're glorified matchmakers. That's what we do. We we match people to houses, whether they're buying them or renting them. Yeah. That's what we do, or investing in them. Yeah. There's there's a huge challenge that's facing not just regional. Victoria, New South Wales, but Australia as a whole, where there's going to be a lot of people where that dream of owning your own piece of dirt or even renting something is yeah. is now becoming difficult. It's getting further away from a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So, I mean, there's got to be and, – and look, I, I try and work with our political leaders to, to try and piece things together so that we've, we're trying to keep a step ahead of that, but it's a huge challenge. Yeah. What's the response been – that sort of thing? Are you going to put your hand up and find more time? 
and run for council? No, nah, look, that's, that's probably politics. Some, that's probably something that I can um, give you a definite no to. <laughs> um, I'm happy to. I'm happy to help out. Yeah. I take my hat off to you know anyone that's put their hand up for local council LGAs um, or. or Politics. I think we've got some fantastic local representation here, whether they be political parties or independents. Um, so I'm happy to support those people, but no, I don't. I don't think I could. I don't, I don't think I'm political enough, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, to to do that for, for me, I, I I think I'm I'm very black and white when it comes to. And people have seen that in my in my stance recently with COVID. I'm very black and white, and I wear my heart on my sleeve. So. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to take a political stance on anything, as in to a party line. With being so black and white, do you think that's hindered you in any way within your careers at all, or it's just been embraced? No, look. Certainly, you've got to understand that when you are, when you've got a, when you've got a set of morals, and you go, "That's what I'm doing," and this is it, and I believe is the right way to right path. It certainly has hindered my growth in some some roles that I've had. Yeah. But look, at my age, I'm, you know, I'm 49 uh, and I've been working since I dropped out of uni. <laughs> uh, you dropped you know, out? Yeah, I, I went for about four months. I was what, did, what were you studying? Uh, computer science. And then, oh, this is fascinating, <laughs> computer science. Why yeah. did you choose computer science? Because I, I didn't take biology and I couldn't become a vet. <laughs> that was pretty much it. That's pretty fair. Uh, I remember. I remember actually pleading with the dean at um, at RMIT uh, back then to uh, to let me in so I could do a course because I was at the Victorian University and uh, and I remember I was you know tears and all this sort of stuff and he said, "Mate, because I'm going to give you some advice." He said, "You should be going to NIDA." <laughs> <laughs> so I wiped away the crocodile tears and thought, prick. <laughs> Little straight, did he know, though. Saw Future straight, Chicago. Saw Lee. straight through me. Yeah. <laughs> so I obviously wasn't that good an actor. But anyway, so, yeah, that's uh, for mine, uh, just to get back to your question, there's always been there's always been people that will go, you can't say that. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't say that. You know, and I'm not saying being rude about things or being disparaging about things. Just uh, for me, it's, you know, that just doesn't work for me. So can I ask something? Regardless of a person's stance on what was happening around here, this is maybe a, not a higher level question, but one step removed from that. Is there, in a business owner's mind, any conversations around the danger of having a hard position on something and making that public? Always. Yeah, yeah, always. And um, that was probably the biggest challenge over the last 24 months uh, with this COVID situation and still is. Yeah. And still is. Because there's a risk at any time that you could be seen as being insensitive to some portion of the local yeah. population. Yeah. And look, um, Penny, my wife, is very good at grounding me sometimes, <laughs> often. <laughs> Often. And uh, and and she's also the one that says, "Look, William, not everyone. Yeah, you don't like everybody, so not everyone's going to like you, because you know, being a being a Leo and an extrovert, you know, and we like we like to be liked." I was just about to say, doesn't she know that that doesn't matter because you just still want to be liked? Yeah, no, I, I do. I do want to be liked. So so sometimes you know you you, you wear your heart on your sleeve, and mm-hmm. you, you've got to you've got to cop that. You know, as and I said earlier, that emotional bank account just gets withdrawn upon and, and does and you know, sometimes it doesn't get deposited into. Yeah. But some things are bigger than 
Mm. Some things are bigger than me and some things are bigger than my business. However, I take running a business very seriously because I've got the responsibility of 17 staff yeah, and their mortgages and their families and their children. Yeah. So what is your deposit scheme? What do you use to, to fill your cup back up? I like to see my my staff and my kids. Um, so I've got two kids. They're not kids anymore. They're young adults. Yeah. Maddie's 22 and Carrie's 20. I like to see them do well. Mm-hmm. It's the same with staff. I, I like to – I get – I get very um, invested in in where they want to be, whether that be career growth, personal growth, family growth. So that 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 certainly gives me a bit of a buzz. Spending time away from from work, and mm-hmm. I work a, a lot, yeah, but I enjoy it. So that gives me a buzz too. And so seeing people fulfil in a real estate perspective, you know, there are some we talked about the long game earlier. There, there are some some young first time buyers and some not so young first home buyers mm-hmm. that I've been working with for years and when they finally get to buy a place like it's it's an amazing buzz for me yeah to see them do well whether they buy it from me or not yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, so you're getting a bit of radiant joy oh yeah you get yeah. to suck that up a bit that's correct and and yeah. that, that certainly certainly is um that's that's my lot in life I you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy singing uh, it's, that's that's good for me and I don't care whether or not it's karaoke or you know in front of a band i really don't care i'm happy to do it but uh and i like dancing i don't get to do much of that but i do like dancing and fishing do you ever do all three at once can't say i've <laughs> oh yeah, i reckon actually there might have been one or two times where we've been out fishing and we've in been the sun a bit too da- much yeah dancing and, <laughs> and and having a sing as well yeah what sort of dancing do you do, do you get into the old 60s rock? I, I love to i love to drive yeah so yeah um Penny, my wife doesn't doesn't dance, so um, so a lot of times we'll be sitting there at a you know at a club or at a function or something like that, and I'll see a couple of people dancing, and she'll just go, "I know what you want to do." <laughs> now, especially a lot of times because there's a lot, not many guys. Sometimes there's, yeah, you'll see a couple of women dancing yeah. together, and uh, she'll go, "Yeah, I know, I know." Go on, so I'll just go and tap them on the shoulder and have a bit of a jive, and <laughs> that's my fix. <laughs> That'll do. I love that sort of relationship. I've got. Some life goal friends that have that relationship where they're not interested in each other's interests per se. Like I've got one mate who likes riding motorbikes and is right into computers and I'm really good friends with him and his partner is totally not threatened by me at all. She's like, I couldn't care less. I don't want to be doing that stuff. You may as well go and do that stuff and he can have fun and then he doesn't annoy me at home sort of scenario. (laughs) So I think that's a really great space that you – have managed to, well, I don't know, I'm assuming there's a lot of work involved and a lot of trust and all that sort of stuff involved, but it's not every couple that would be happy for their partner to just go and tap a few chicks on the shoulder and start Ask jive. Ask have a jive. Yeah. Have a jive. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, is, it is good. Like I said, don't do it often and don't do it often enough, but, yeah, um, but yeah certainly when the opportunity's there. Get a uh, jive on. It's always good. Well, we have had a few performances recently, actually, for the first time. And this is an audio podcast, so dancing's pointless, but can you sing anything a cappella for us? Like, imagine we're in our first real estate meeting when you're doing Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, we're new employees. <laughs> well, I suppose we did, we did do the old, um, you know, give them the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle-em. Yes. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I wish I had a bit more razzle-dazzle. So much real nice vocal fry sound. 
<laughs> oh, he's all about the vocal fries and the sexy wet voice and all these other things that I don't understand anything about, but I knew that you were going to sound great. <laughs> well, on I one. didn't know what to expect, so that was impressive, mate. Ah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Actually, there's a, um, there was a fellow who reached out and he's a, uh, he's, he's a guy from Bright and I might give him a shout out because I'm trying to remember his name and I've got his card right yeah. here actually because he came into my office yesterday. His name's Ivan. Uh, Ivan Galley, I think, is how you pronounce his surname, and he's got the uh, Ivan Galley Big Band, yeah. and he's doing a he's doing a jazz show in uh, or a swing show, I should say, in uh, in April, and he's asked me to do a couple of Michael Bublé numbers, and yeah, and he actually came to the office, and I don't know how old Ivan is, and if he hears this, I'm not said even going to have a go at his age, but <laughs> he's seen a few years. And I'm sure he's fantastic at what he does because uh, he's he's rattled off some names of people that have worked with some people, and I've gone, man, if I confront that band, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> that's cool. So that when when that's going to be in Bright, is it? No, it's actually going to be at the Cube in, in April if it all all things go ahead. So they had a couple of things. So uh, yeah, the Cube in Wodonga in April. So I said, yep, I'm in. So you mentioned Buble in there. Yep. If we come to the office. At this time of the year, and the Christmas music's on—is it Bublé or are you doing the covers? Are we hearing your vocals? Yeah, no. Um, I I try and leave the singing in the office to the others because otherwise they they really we we there's no demarcation on egos. In <laughs> fact, we we say ego ego is a dirty word word in yeah. our office. So, uh, yeah, everyone else sings. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave it to them. <laughs> I was wondering whether you might like to record like your own Christmas cover list to just play in the office for. For the month of December. Don't, don't tell don't, them. Don't, don't give me any ideas. We can, we can do that. Just see how they feel about it first if they're saying to each other, man, this is really good. Yeah. Is there like a, a thing that you like to live by? There's, there's two probably that I like to live by. One is I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. That's, that's, my, that's my first one. I say that often. I say it to, I said, I've said it to my kids. I say it to the staff. And the other one is, if things don't go to plan, change a plan. <laughs> I like that one. I yeah, live by that. <laughs> I like that one too. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in and saying yes to something that you knew nothing about. You've said yes to an opportunity and this has now created a nice little connection thing for us. And I'm just, I'm looking at your jumper and I just have to comment on the fact that you're wearing RM Williams and I don't know if you've got any right to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I want to say that he grew I did, up in Deer Park. I yeah. Did, yeah, exactly. I did say that I I judged you on your attire walking in, and it impressed me that it was not what I expected. So did, you didn't expect me to walk in, in a, like a shirt and tie, did you? Because I, I don't know what to I ex- No, I just didn't expect Aaron Williams. I think because I've always seen you, I've always seen you dressed up, or I've seen you like the persona of. Um, you know, the theatre and you like wearing your nice hats and all that sort of stuff. And I've not seen the flanny version yeah, of, well, of Will Bonici. There is nothing like a good flanny. And it's, <laughs> it's the best. And yep. it's R.M. Williams. R.M. Williams. So I feel like people that wear R.M. Williams, they should at least own one cow. Well, 
Well, I have before. Okay, so well, that'll do. That'll and, do. And some sheep. Yeah, you've got your, ca- do. You've got your card. Yeah. That's all right. You're right there. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. I, I have shorn a sheep before, just one. Have you? Yes. It took me way too long. <laughs> I ticked it off the bucket list. They're, yeah. yeah, they're a bucket list. I, I think know. I shore half a sheep growing up and my dad just shoved me out of the way. Get out of there. I think that was a story. that's the story with the shearer that was with us. I, got, I reckon I got three quarters of the way through and yeah. he said, man, it's going to take me longer to sew this thing up. So. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Sorry for throwing that little bit of shade on you. <laughs> no, but I'm right. all about it because I'm liking perceptions being broken. So Yeah, good. Excellent. Thank it's been you. an absolute pleasure, guys. So, Will, where can people find – do you have any social media you're happy for people to connect through or just the, no, bus- look, the I, business? Or? No, look, I'm, I've, my, my Facebook page – this is the other thing with, with real estate. Like a lo- I know a lot of agents will sit there and go, you know, uh, you know William Benici, real estate agent. I'm sitting there going, man, it's either, it's either Will Benici or it's Jake Spargo or it's Lexis all – you know, you don't have to define. We are what we are. People, people employ the person. So happy, happy people to connect with me on uh, on Facebook. It's probably the, the best way. Awesome, thanks, mate. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.